Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Mustafa Hamwi, and he is a recognized world leading expert on passionate leadership. He's achieved in one year what many took 20 years to achieve in the industry, to an extent that he has been nicknamed Mr. Passion by Professor Tony Buzan, the inventor of the mind mapping uh, due to his amazing success and empowering leaders to live and work passionately. He's interviewed over 180 global leaders, experts, authors, coaches, and award-winning artists. And, um, you know, on his talk show, Passion Sundays, which was featured on, on the blog of uh, Thinkers50, he is now known as one of the most uh, prestigious top management thinkers alive. I'm pretty excited to have him on the show because we're going to dive into many, many things. Talking about your personal journey, talking about the definition of passion, talking about how to cultivate that habit of passion and really make sure that you become the ultimate global leader that you can become. Welcome to the show, Mustafa. Tyra, thank you very much for having me on the show and hello to all the nomads out there. Hey, pleasure is mine. And I like to start a lot of my interviews with having the guests introduce themselves. Tell us, you know, take us in that journey uh, to where you are today. What were your initial starting points and then the turning points that led to your uh, point of existence today? Thank you. I'm, I'm actually going to take a few minutes to introduce my, my, myself and my story because uh, it's easier to be told in a story rather than an introduction, so bear with me. Uh, I, uh, I've been in Dubai since 2000. That was even before anybody pretty much knew where Dubai was. And uh, I started my career in PR and communications. I used to handle the PR for Nokia in the Middle East. Uh, and then I opened up my own event agency. And then I got into event promotion to nightlife, to corporate events, uh, product launches, then opened the modeling agency. And then my business partners got into the nightlife side of things and opened a couple of nightclubs and lounges and restaurants. Uh, so you can imagine how my lifestyle was. It was work hard, play hard. Lots of hours and client servicing daytime and lots of partying, drinking and, and crazy life in the evenings. And that was a 24-7 uh, thing for me. Eventually, all of this kind of uh, got me uh, 
pretty much confused about who I am. Because aside from that, before living in Dubai, I used to live in Egypt, in Jordan, in Saudi, in Syria. So I'm, a, I'm a, again, a third, fourth, fifth culture uh, kid. So aside from the fact that I've kept on changing countries, I changed industries, uh, and a lot of it was things that were not truly fulfilling for me. They were very glamorous on the outside. They were very flashy. I was the point of envy of most of the guys around me. I had the models. I had the parties. I had the uh, backstage access. But something on the inside felt like it was always missing. And eventually, I pretty much got a nervous breakdown from all the stress. I ended up, uh, you know, losing a lot of my health. I ended up losing my hair. I ended up losing a lot of things around me on the inside. And um, I got into a point where I'm like, I'm looking for a bigger meaning in life. Why? Why am I even here? What am I doing? I mean, so what? I'm fine. I'm making money. I'm enjoying my life. I'm successful in business, but I want something more than just that. And I started doing yoga and meditation, and I got introduced to a meditation called Vipassana, which is 10 days of silence. That's literally 10 days, 16 hours a day of doing nothing but sitting and observing your breath. And at the back of that, I realized that I have a lot of inside work to do. So eventually in 2012, I bought a one-way ticket to India. So I literally just woke up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to India. I packed my stuff and I left everything and I went to India. And the journey went on from 2012 to 2013. And there was two key highlights in that journey that I like to share with people that changed my life. The first one was uh, by coincidence, I met a Swami or a guru that has been in caves for 13 years. And on one of the interactions that I had with him, I kept on asking him about life, the meaning of life, purpose, all of these things. And I, I don't know. I think he got bored of me. So he turns to me one day. He had a long beard. I used to play with his beard when he's talking to me. So <laughs> he, he'd play with his long white beard and he'd go, well, it wasn't that white, but it was, you know, is a long beard. And he goes, hmm, do you know what you are thirsty for? Because if you do not know what you are thirsty for, you cannot quench your thirst. <laughs> and it was pretty much like, a I don't know, it was a cold shower. I'm sitting in front of him. I'm like, oh, my God. I've just bought a one-way ticket, left everything behind me, and I'm searching for the answer. But I actually don't even have the question. And he just gave me the question. The question is, what am I thirsty for? I actually didn't even know that I was looking for what I'm thirsty for. Right. I was I was looking for something else, but I didn't know what I was looking for. And since then, the search became, okay, what am I thirsty for? What do I want out of life? I still didn't have the answer. And as I was moving from, from one town to the other in India, I in one of the other places that I was in, there was a hospital. I walk in, I get myself checked up. And long story short, I discovered I had a medical condition. Hmm. And and that medical condition ended up, uh, you know, eventually healing after a month uh, through meditation, yoga, healing, Ayurveda, um, all, all the form of alternative medicines that was available in India. It was non-cancerous and it was not life-threatening, but it was serious enough to give me a shock into my system and say, oh, my God, what if this was a cancer? What if this was not discovered now and evolved into a cancer later? What if I never discovered it until it was too late and I was going to die and today would have been the last day of my life? Did my life matter? And I specifically broke down that into like three key questions that I asked myself. I said, did I live 
fully doing the best I can with everything that I was given? Did I live a life that was truly meaningful to me rather than a life that was there to just impress others? And did I leave any positive impact on the planet? And guess what was the answer to all three questions? No. It was no. Yeah. And and that was painful. That was painful because I thought I was on top of the world. I had everything that every guy wanted to have. But when it came to a moment of truth of, okay, if this was the last day of my life, actually all of this was useless because none of this matters when you're about to die. And and suddenly something inside me woke up and I knew that what I was thirsty for was having an impact and a legacy that lives beyond me in this planet. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy life. But I don't want it to be about that. I want it to be about the ability to make an impact on this world that, that and a legacy that lives beyond me. And I came back to Dubai. I started sharing my story. Back then, my inspirational talk used to be called Cavalli to Manali. Cavalli is the nightclub that my business partners used to own. And it's a representation of the lifestyle that I was living. And Manali is the town where I met my Swami and my guru. And after one of the talks, I was just doing it on the side to share my story. And I was still doing consulting in the event business. And that was after I came back to Dubai in 2013. And one day I was sitting in a, a on a terrace in a hotel in Dubai and a random person that I didn't know back then passing by looks at me and walks straight up to me. He goes, hey, you're that speaker guy. I said, yeah. He goes, you told your story about your India journey. I said, yeah. He looked at me and he goes, you changed my life. Wow. And I was like, wow, like literally my eyes went like big and I'm like, oh my God. And and I'm like, you know what? Something inside me woke up and I'm like, okay, well, I found the answer of I want to make an impact, but I didn't know what it, how, it, how I was going to make an impact. There's a million ways to make impact. But when I came, funny enough, I went on a one-way ticket to India and then eventually, I, you know, in 2013, I came back to Dubai, but I found the answer in Dubai back where I started. By telling the story and somebody telling me you changed my life. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I want. I want to be able to hear more of that because that's the legacy I want to leave. That's the impact I want to have on the world. And that is meaningful to me. And that is something that makes me have more of a drive to do the best I can. And I started doing all these talks and, you know, some one day a guy sitting down, he goes, oh, my God, I need some of your passion. And I come up with this idea for my online talk show, Passion Sundays. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, running the show and I started interviewing speakers. And then one day I interviewed Professor Tony Buzan, the inventor of mind mapping. And we go to an event after that. And I was backstage because I had heard him speak in the morning and it was the same talk in the afternoon. And somebody says passion. And he turns around and goes, passion, I know who you have to talk to. Uh, where is he? Where is he? This guy, uh, the passion guy. And you know, and, and, and people go, Oh, passion guy. And when I walk up, every, walk up to stage, everybody goes, Oh, that, you're the passion guy. I said, well, I'm assuming I am. And, and this is how the whole Mr. Passion, passion guy, passionpreneur, everybody started calling me the passion guy. And this is how my whole journey started into speaking and becoming the guy who's responsible to bring more passion to the world. Wow. Wow. And you know, one thing that I love in your story is just, you weren't afraid to make mistakes after that near death experience, you sort of had that shift in your mindset where maybe before you were living life according to what was considered success, you know, with media portrayal and just what you thought would be successful. But then once you sort of realized that you hadn't left the legacy, if you died, you didn't feel like you made that dent in the universe. You just took that, that approach to self-discovery in a unique way where you went, you sought, and then you sort of roll with the punches. Now, that's something that not a lot of people are comfortable 
with, the idea of uncertainty, the one-way ticket that you take, the idea of possibility of failure when you had that conversation uh, with, with, with the teacher and, and he gave you an answer you didn't expect and you're like, wait a minute, this is it? You still push through. Why do you feel like you push through? Um, why did I push through? I don't know, to be honest with you back then because I knew something inside me was driven by um, a calling. I didn't know what that calling was. I had no clue. But what I knew, what was on my plate before I went to India was not it. And in India, I got triggered to know the question of, okay, what am I thirsty for? The medical condition made me realize that I'm thirsty for impact, but I didn't know how I was going to make impact. Eventually, one day I woke up. I'm like, I feel my journey is over here. I have to go back. My my journey is not in India. My journey is back in Dubai and in the more of a civilized world where I can communicate with the people because my Swami can speak to his kind of people. But most people that are on a podcast would probably never sit and talk to a Swami. So in a way, you know, his message resonated with me, but I need to be able to translate and transmit that message to a different type of audience in a different way. So eventually it was, it was a, a feeling and a gut feeling that was telling me to go from here and do that. I honestly had no clue where it was leading me. No, that's and I, that, that's that saying: jump and um, you know, jump at the net will appear, or hope the net will appear. And I think that's a mindset that a lot of people need to have. But it's also a mindset that tends to you know hold people back because people define fear or failure as some of the biggest, uh, the number one fear. Whether it's public speaking, it's fear of failure, fear of snakes. They just don't want to yeah. fail. But you, what you're when I'm listening to you. What I'm sorry, what I'm hearing you say is that that failure is actually the path that you need to take in order to get to that success and your ultimate Sometimes, sometimes, uh, and I just want to make a clear point here. I, I do not want to come across that I'm enticing people to just jump and the net will appear all the time. Yeah. Okay. okay? Because because on on the journey of seeking truth, and, and I'm getting really metaphysical here, you know, so, but on the journey of seeking truth, you will have to risk all and you might still not find the answer. But the question is, is the is the answer worth the risk or not to you at least and that's a personal call so first thing a person has to decide at what level are they risking and to what level are they looking for a certain answer and what is it worth to them because it's not everybody's journey to just jump and then it will appear because you know what a lot of times it doesn't appear and you end up smacking your face okay and that had happened to me a lot of times my suggestion to people is spend enough time regularly to look inside you, to meditate, to look for answers about what is more meaningful in your life so you don't have to end up in a situation where you would have to jump without a net. Mm. Sometimes you do need to take a leap of faith, but let me tell you something. I mean, I'm an extreme sports you know, big time on extreme sports. I do skydiving. I do paragliding. I do motor racing. And guess what? Before I jump out of a plane, I make sure I have a parachute. I make sure I have a backup parachute. I make sure I have a, an emergency plan. So no, I don't jump and hope there will be a parachute in my pack because if I haven't packed it, the probability is, is that it's not there. So I'm not telling people to just jump. I'm telling people follow your intuition on the direction of where you need to go and let your brain do its homework on securing the way to get there. Sometimes you might need to take some risks, but mm -hmm. don't 
live fully on the edge because if you've got family if you've got responsibilities i mean luckily back then i was single i wasn't i didn't have responsibilities i i had a lot of potentially freedom that i underestimated back then on how much i could risk but i it's not for everybody no okay no i i love that you clarified that um so then the next immediate question becomes what is passion Oh, beautiful question, man. So when I started, obviously, you know, you become Mr. Passion and everybody refers to Mr. Passion and calls Mr. Passion and saying, hey, uh, listen, I'm, I'm struggling with my passion. Can you help me? And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Well, let me research passion a little bit more. And the first place I would is dictionary because I wanted to know what the word passion means. So what do you think the word passion in the dictionary means? Um, hmm. Passion. Oh wow! I'm, I can't even articulate it. So um, let, let's, let me think. Um, something that you genuinely love without beautiful. having to make a little, little effort. Beautiful, like yeah. beautiful, and and that is what the dictionary definition is, and that's what everybody talks about. Passion is is what you love, or any compelling feeling. That's what the dictionary defines it at. And I'm like, hold on. Well, you know what? Everybody wants to do what they love, but they're not really successful at doing it. So that can't be passion. And when I was interviewing Brian Tracy, Brian told me, you will never be passionate about something that you are not good at. And then the definition became passion is doing what you love and what you are good at. And then I was interviewing uh, Fons Trompenars. He's one of the world's leading experts on corporate culture. And he told me, be careful for the wrong kind of passion can hurt the world. And I'm like, wrong kind of passion? What do you mean wrong kind of passion? There is no wrong kind of passion. I'm Mr. Passion and all passion is good. He goes... (laughs) He goes, really, think about Hitler. He was really passionate about what he's doing, and he was really good at it, but it was the wrong kind of passion. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right. You know, passion is purpose, and the quality of your passion comes from the quality of your purpose. And then the definition became passion is doing what you love, what you're good at, and is of value to the world. So passion has to offer value because if it's your passion, it's your purpose. And if it's your purpose, you were born for it. It means you've been given a talent for it. And that talent needs to be of service to the world. And even if you want to turn that into a business, when you offer value, people pay you money. People don't pay you money because you love something. Nobody calls you and says, hey, Tayo, listen, what do you love? I would like to pay you money for what you love. People pay you money for what value you add to them. And this comes in the third element of passion. But then I realized there was one missing element in the definition because so many people, they are doing what they love. They are really good at it and it offers value to the world, but they're not staying consistent at it. They quit and they quit sometimes too soon or too too close to finishing. They quit literally at 99% they quit. And I realized that true passion is consistently doing what you love, what you're good at and is of value to the world. So that this is in my books, the true definition of passion. Anything else could be called a hobby, could be called a, 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 a fad, a fashion, could be called anything. But if it's true passion, it's true purpose. And here's the interesting thing. Do you know where the word passion comes from? No, I do not. It comes from Latin passio. And passio means to endure or to suffer. So that is to endure pleasure and pain on the pursuit of your passion. And think about it, passion of the Christ. That is true passion. Wow. Wow, wow. Passion is consistently doing what you love, what you're good at, and something that offers value to the world. Yes, yes. That, yo, that, if, if I don't drop a mic, I, I can't drop my mic because it's going to make that noise <laughs> right now, but that's amazing. That's incredibly, wow. And no wonder you call Mr. Passion, but I'm, my mind is just blown away. I was, 
I had all these interview questions, and now I just want to stay on this. So because because <laughs> what you're saying, not only does it change the game for what people think of passion, because I define it as something you love, but it then becomes how can I stay in passion and how can I really discover my passion? I know you have exercises for people to discover their passion, but what you're describing here can be overwhelming to someone right now. Because it, added, it is overwhelming. Yeah. It is overwhelming. And, and you know what? The more overwhelming it is, the more true it is. If yeah. it is true passion, if it is true passion, then you were born for it. And if you were born for it, you'd be willing to die for it. I, I, I completely agree. And so now that we know that, that that's what true passion is, and if we're saying a passion is something, we have to be ready for it. How can we, what exercise can we do to actually discover that? Well, I, I have a, you know, I, I've developed an online program called the Passion Journey, and that's a program where I help people discover and live their passion. But there's one of my favorite questions in the discovery. It's a 10 module program. And in, in, in one of the modules, I ask 40 deep dive questions that I asked myself on my journey, and we designed them by research. Uh, one of them I call the billion dollar question. Would you like to try that one? Yes, please. Well, I would like to ask well, you and all the listeners is to grab your checkbook and a pen and if not get a piece of paper and draw a check and if not just close your eyes and visualize a check unless you're driving okay i don't want anybody getting into trouble so l- grab that check and write your name in the two field so two write your name and then write today's date whatever the date is and in the number space i want you to write one billion dollars that's one and nine zeros and then in the letter space, write $1 billion. And go ahead and sign that check. And then tear that check out. Grab it in your hand. You've got a check current dated in your name for $1 billion, man. Every time I say that, I've even mm. got a big smile on my face. I mean, I could see everybody smiling. Like, I've, even for a moment, I've got a check for a $1 billion <laughs> in my hand, in my name. Fold it, kiss it, put it in your pocket. Now that you've got a billion dollars in your pocket, what would you want to do for a living? How do you want to spend your time? How do you want to spend your life? You've got no financial concerns. You've got no financial worries. Anything you want, you can do. You can mess up as many businesses as you want. You've got no issues, no concerns. How do you want to spend your life? And you see, it's that hmm answer is the beginning of the journey of living a passionate life. Because whatever answer comes up is probably the right direction. It might not. For some people, it's crystal clear. I get people with a like, oh, my God, I found it. And I get people with like, whoa, I've got a, a an indication. And I've got people that are like, oh, my God, I never even thought about answering such a question. And that takes them a lot of time. But whichever it is, the minute you answer this question, you've taken the first step towards living. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, 
Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Passionately. I love that so much. I love that so much because some of the excuses that people do have, you know, for not following their passion is the job that they have, the money to make. So you just took away all that and said, well, you have that money. What would you like to do? Yeah, the, look, the two most common excuses I get from people for not pursuing their passion, one is children and two is time. Actually, it's rarely ever money because you see both of both children and time are related to money because when you got enough time, enough money, you think, you know, you will have enough money for the children and then you can free yourself or you can buy yourself more time. And the reality, it's neither of those. All of these are excuses. I coach people that are employees and I've coached people that are multimillionaires. I've even worked with people that are in excess of a billion dollars. And you know what's funny? All of them think they don't have enough money because when you've got when you make one hundred thousand dollars a year, you've got one hundred thousand dollars worry. And when you make a billion dollars a year, you've got a billion dollars to worry about. So it never ends. It's a never ending journey. It's a mental game. It's a definitely a mental game. So, okay, so then the main ingredient for people to believe in themselves is what? Uh, very good question. Uh, it's a two-way game, though, because if you've answered the billion-dollar question, then that helps you stop uh, really questioning if this is my true passion. Because if, if you've answered that question, then you should say, okay, well, now I know this is it. Now, the other thing that comes into play is fear. And with fear, that's normal because we, we want, we've got fear of failure. We've got fear of being able to. And there's a million exercises that I can give to people to work around that. And you know what? The bigger the game becomes, you need a new layer of self-motivation. But the strongest out of them is what I'll give you second. But what I'll give first is I just look in the mirror. And I say to myself, I'm phenomenal. I literally scream out, I'm phenomenal. You know, I'm passionate. Yeah. I'm the world's best person. I'm the world's most – self-talk is big. If we self-talk ourselves down, we're going to end up down. And if we self-talk ourselves up, we're going to end up up. But if all of this self-talk doesn't work and a lot of people don't like it and they're skeptical about it, the simplest thing I can tell everybody is the following. Can anybody out there guarantee to live another year? No. I'm assuming no. no. Can anybody guarantee living another month? Nope. A another week? Nope. Another day? Nope. Another hour? Nope. Another minute? Nope. So what are you waiting for? You're going <laughs> to die either way. <laughs> You're going to die either way. Why don't you die pursuing your passion rather than dying hoping that one day you will get to pursue your passion? Mm. And when you wake up one day where there isn't enough time for you to do the things that you want to do, you wake up when you're 90, 95, 100, whatever it is, and you look back at your life and you contemplate on how great of a life it could have been. Isn't that a waste, man? There is no rewind button on life. It's only this life, and you're going to die either way. So you might as well doing, die doing what you love doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And listen to your story. I, I've shared your story. A lot of times on the podcast, I'm sure people are like, oh, here it goes time again. But I, I had my, I had my near death experience and the same questions you asked yourself were the same one I asked. And actually the only question I asked myself was, have you done everything that you said you were going to do in life? And this was me yeah. a 22 car, car accident. And yeah. you are right about the fact that there's something that happens when you, you, you face your mortality and you realize that tomorrow isn't promised. A lot of people 
don't get to experience that because you know not everybody gets to have a near-death experience. But going through the exercise where you asked me that question, and I kept saying no, 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 it's something that everyone can do to themselves and say, okay, well, I don't have to have a near-death experience. I just know that I don't. I'm not. I can't promise or guarantee a minute, an hour, a week, a month, a year. So what am I waiting for? So yeah. So then, now that you've gotten that to that level, um, you know, now you got to build a, a passion tribe, like you call. Yeah. How do you find that tribe so that you you succeed? Beautiful question. So you see, I mean, they say you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with all the time, and I'm a big believer in that. Uh, and a lot of times we get caught up in the comfort that we built around us in the current support tribe that we've got. A passion tribe has to include several kinds of people. One of the people you want on in your passion tribe are people who are on a similar journey. Now, a similar journey does not necessarily mean doing exactly what you're doing, but it means somebody who's going through what you're going through. So that could be people who are, if you're transitioning jobs, it could be somebody who's transitioning jobs. If you are uh, looking to build a new business, then it should be somebody who's building a business who had just succeeded in building a business. Okay. Uh, number two, it could, it should be, you should have people that have similar interests. So they might not necessarily be on a similar journey, but they like what you like doing. So let's say you are building a business in, in food. You're opening a restaurant. You want to hang around people that love food and enjoy food because talking to them is going to inspire you versus if you hang around people that are not even in a transition of building a business and don't even enjoy food and see this as a waste of time. Guess discussions with them are going to take you where it's going to take you nowhere. It's going to take you down. Yeah. So that's the second kind. And if you cannot find these people, that's an opportunity for you to become a leader in that field and create a group of people around you that like doing what you do. Absolutely. And then the third kind is the what I call the professional kind. These are people that have no emotional investment in whatever you're doing. They are neutral, number one. And number two, they have the right tools and techniques to get you from where you are to where you want to be. These are coaches, these are mentors, and these are professionals in what you're trying to do. Because when you come to a coach and you're crying, usually your friends will end up crying with you. What you want is somebody who would not cry with you and he will give you a cold shower and tell you the the blunt truth and point you in the right direction and help you get there rather than have a misery party. So these are kind of the people that I would recommend you have in your in your passion tribe. Oh, wow. And that's 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 so true. It's draining yourself off of people that that don't challenge you, that are negative and surround yourself with people that uplift you but also you know, make sure that you are, they're pushing into the place that you can be. hundred percent. And, and in that you, you need to be a bit conscious. Sometimes your friends and family are not the best passion tribe to have. On the contrary, they could be the worst passion tribe to have. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not asking you to let go of your family or to stop talking to your old time friends, but guess what? They are old time friends for a reason. If you've been in school together and today you're 30 or 35 or whatever your age is and you're, you have chosen a different path in life, why should their agenda in life be dictated on you? Why isn't it the other way around? Why aren't you taking them where you want to go? So respect their wishes in life 
and also respect your own wishes of going in a certain direction and let everybody be. Let the nostalgia of hanging out with old-time friends stick to talking about old times and the journey of life, but let it not impact your passion journey of where you're going now. And also with family, the thing is with close people to you and family is that a lot of times they they overprotect you out of their fear of failure because they don't want to see you hurt or they don't want to see you suffer from what they suffered in. So indirectly, they project their insecurities on you lovingly. They don't mean to hurt you, but they don't know any better. And if you've invested a lot of time in pursuing and finding your passion, then you have to own up to that and say, I know what I'm doing and, and keep your ears closed when you hear a lot of negatives coming from those people. Still give them love and still hold them around you, still exchange the love, but just don't engage into discussions that relate into you pursuing your passion. Oh, wow. I love this so much. This is so much truth bombs being dropped here. So, okay. So we've talked about the, the passion tribe. Um, and obviously you've touched on the fact that passion can impact your quality of work and life just by the mere um, feeling it gives you. But how do you actually build a passion business? What is the most crucial step in doing that? Oh, amazing, man. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to, if you want to turn it into a business, you got to start by first knowing what is truly your passion, not what is the fashion with an F. It's what is the true passion with a P because people are jumping to like social media. Everybody's jumping social media podcast. Everybody's jumping on podcasts, uh, whatever it is, YouTube, everybody's jumping on YouTube. You have to know, are you really passionate about what you're doing? You know, answer the billion dollar question, come and join one of our passion journey programs, uh, go on to other coaches, do whatever you have to do to discover your true passion. That's only one part of it. Okay. Number two, go and get good at it. Invest the time, energy, and effort it takes for you to be the top percentage of people in your field in the world. Hmm. And to do that, you have to be willing to fail. Like if you want to be top, what, top 10%, then you have to be willing to fail the other 90% because you never know when success is going to come. It doesn't come at the beginning of the line. It comes at the end of the line. You want to be top 10, top 1%, you have to be willing to fail 99% because the success is going to be in that last 1%. And then once you spend that much time getting good at it, when you get so good at it, you get professional at it. And when you get so professional at it, you can turn it into a profession. Wow. Wow. So <laughs> one, and that's, that's still step two, huh? Yeah. Now step three is to actually go out and figure out if there is market demand for what you are offering. And this comes into the third part of the definition, which is offering value. Because maybe you're doing what you love and what you're good at, but if nobody wants it, you're never going to turn it into a business. Nobody pays you money for what you love. People pay you money for the value you add. And the fourth step is keep getting back at it. Keep getting knocked out. Because you know, as much as I know, an entrepreneur's journey is more about failure than about success. You're going to fail more times than you can imagine. And the success is going to happen when you get up one more time. And if yeah. you think about it, the steps that I've given you are actually the definition of passion. Consistently doing what you love, what you're good at, and is of value to the world. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's incredible. It's like a meta experience. So I, I want to uh, throw this, this uh, rant in your direction. So live reaction right now. I tweeted, out, I tweeted out what you said to me. Passion is consistently doing what you love and what you're good at and uh, something that offers value. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was talking about how it blew my mind. I had a friend respond on Twitter, say, I love this, but you can be passionate about something and not very good at it. Point in case, I'm very passionate about dance and I suck at it. What do you say to that? 
Um, no, I'm sorry, man. That's a bit of a delusion. I'm sorry for being so blunt. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell her. But how, how I'll tell many, her. But many, I want to understand how, what you said. Hold on. Well, here's the thing. How many of us recall one of our friends in school who said, "I am really passionate about music, dance, whatever it is." And 30 years later, the only thing they have done about it is keep talking about how passionate they are about it. I, I'm, I'm, I agree. I, I mean, it's I, not, it's not fair. It's not fair for somebody to call that passion. And then somebody invested the past 30 years of their life practicing every day. And these guys call it passion. I'm sorry. The person who invested more time deserves to call it passion more than the other person. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him calling it a hobby, by the way. Yeah, he he ha- yeah he likes he enjoys dance he likes dance but if he was truly passionate i would like you to respond to him on twitter now and ask him why haven't you invested time to get good at it i understand if he was not good at it but why hasn't he invested time to get good at it okay if he's truly passionate um i i will i'm i'm going to do that right now and then while i'm doing that i want i want you to respond to this the, the other response i've gotten to this passion thing is uh, athletes, right? Athletes, musicians, you know, will spend the hours and they end up not making it. So they get this jaded feeling like, oh, sometimes following your passion is a waste of time. I spent all my life playing music and playing basketball and didn't make the NBA. I didn't get it to the league. I bet you whoever said that is neither an athlete, no, an athlete nor a pro. Well, because I've interviewed, <laughs> I've interviewed Olympians, yeah. uh, sports athletes on Passion Sundays. One of them was Tasha Denvers. You can go on my site and check out her interview. She's phenomenal. She was a runner. Uh, she represented the U.S. In, in two of the Olympics, and she's a two-time medalist. And in one of them, she found out she's pregnant while she was training, and she had to finish, give birth, and then continue training till she went and got her medal. And you know what she told me? She said that in the, in the Olympics and at a pro sports level, everybody's good. She says it's not how good you are. Everybody's mm. good. You're, you're, you're competing for a split second. That's not really about how – I mean you can tell me I'm a split second better than you. That's not how good you are. That's about how consistent and persistent you are. That's about how hard you train and how strong is your willpower to keep pushing till you get that split second more. Gotcha. Hey, no, I first of all completely agree. Whenever I've been asked that question – in fact, I was asked that question last week because I, I spoke at a um, – at Moody's uh, company, and it was to a bunch of interns. And um, someone ad, you know, came up to me with a question about the basketball player. I'm not tall enough. I'm five two. I'm five three, and I'm, you know, the opportunity isn't there. But I responded to the same way. Where is well, how 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 far are you willing to go for it? <laughs> And how much are you well, willing to die for it? And how much time are you willing to put into it? Because- the, well, I mean, the simplest thing I would tell that person is go and do some research and, and tell me the heights of all the basketball players out there. And you know what? There are a lot of them that are not as tall as you think they would be. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, and I love the fact. And it, the, the type of response, you know, there is no BS. That's how it has to be because we've, if we sugarcoat this response, we're going to give false definitions of passion and people are going to, you know, have that idea that, oh, well, I tried my passion and it never really worked out. And they're not actually honoring, yeah. honoring well, what you're Well, qu- quitters, quitters never win, winners never quit. And guess what? You know, the next person who decides to try one more time is the guy who will live their passion. And the person who told you, well, I've tried it and it never worked is the person that will always look at that person with envy and say, but I thought about it first. Exactly. And this reminds me of um, Santiago in The Alchemist. Uh, going yeah. on his personal journey, one of my favorite books, but... It's amazing very, book. Very, it's a short book, but it's very simple. And in fact, powerful, that, powerful. That, that purpose, um, and your personal legend, it's definitely there. 
Let's uh let's get ready to wrap up soon. But I want to I want you to tell the story of the Syrian who lost everything and then became a passionpreneur. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. So ba- basically, I'm Syrian by birth. I've lived in a lot of countries. You know, I don't know. I just counted Syria, Saudi, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, uh, United Arab Emirates, and in the UAE, I lived in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi, and I'm moving to Australia soon and maybe Singapore. So I'm definitely I'm, I'm crossing the ten very soon. And uh, being a Syrian at the time when I decided to uh, go back to Syria is the time when the war started. And then, you know, suddenly I found myself stuck in, well, my country is burning down. I've already left everything and, and I'm closing down all the stuff that I was doing here. And then I bought a one way ticket to India. So in a way, I've, I've pretty much let go of almost everything behind me. My business gone. My health was, you know, gone practically at that point of time. And my country is burning down. And when I came back, I wanted to do something that was meaningful to me that has an impact. And remember that the incident of the guy who told me you changed my life still did not happen. So I wanted to do a business and I got into coaching at the beginning and I started getting people coming to me and saying, uh, I want you to coach me on this and that. And I said, why do you want to do this? Oh, because I want to make a lot of money and I want to be very rich. And I suddenly got put off by that answer. I'm like, I couldn't care less, actually, if that's your purpose. I went on this journey in my life so I can help the world become a better place. Why would I want to help you if the only thing you want to do is help yourself? And I realized that there are entrepreneurs out there, but there are passionpreneurs. And passionpreneurs are entrepreneurs of passion and purpose. These are people doing what they love, making money while they're changing the world. And I believe the world needs a lot of those. And this is how slowly when I started talking more about that, it was the national newspaper. They were doing an interview with me and, and they were talking about that and they picked up and they called, you know, they started saying, okay, he's the passionpreneur. Hmm. That's, that's incredible. And that, that those are the type of people that we need for sure. I, I don't, I feel like it's our responsibility to make sure we leave the graveyard poorer than it is. You know, they say the graveyard is yes. the richest, richest place in the world. True. All, all True. Unmaterialized dreams, but. What you're doing is raising this this army of people who actually um who actually yeah, I, change that. I have a target of seven point seven 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 million people to inspire seven point seven 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 million people to live passionately. Okay, well we'll make sure you get to the seven point seven 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 seven. I think I said seven <laughs> seven million people. <laughs> so so uh, before we close, you've also written a few books. Can you talk about the books you've written and where they can find them? Yeah, I've, I've co-authored the book with Brian Tracy called uh, Masters of Success. I've uh, co-authored an ebook that we used for an event with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith about world's uh, you know greatest passionate uh, leaders. And uh, I've uh, written a small ebook called Mastering Passion, and this is a book I would like to give to all your listeners. Uh, to help them on their journey. That's a, a light reading PDF document that has my story about journey to India. It has the billion dollar question exercise. It has a little bit about why you should pursue passion, what advantages and benefits do you get from pursuing passion. And it has a few infographics about the definition of passion, the true meaning of passion, the billion dollar question exercise. So it's a very light reading and it's something nice to either read on your iPhone or iPad or even you know print in a small uh, paper format that you can browse so for for your audience if they want to download that they can go to mustafa.com forward slash nomads and that's m-o-u-s-t-a-f-a forward slash nomads awesome thank you so much really really appreciate you coming on the show but i can't let you go without asking you the the mission statement the mission statement of what i do 
which is to impact the lives of, um, you know, three billion people because the three billion people under 30, uh, and, um, is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you use your difference? I love that, man. I mean, it's, it's very powerful. And I love anybody who's got the guts to put crazy achievable numbers. And listen, in digital age, three billion is doable. It's not, it's nothing. All it takes is that one viral thing to go and then boom, you're all over the world. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you look at some music videos, I've got 15 billion views. So I'm, you know, three billion is achievable. Uh, and it's, you know, how do I use my difference to make the difference is by one, sharing my story to inspire people. Two, by being open and not holding anything back. I don't hide anything. I talk about everything that I did. I talk about what I did wrong. I talk about my learnings. I talk about what I know. And I share as much as I can for free. I still have to make a living like everybody else, but I also like to give out as much as I can for free because I truly want to inspire as many people out there. Oh, love you so much. Eh? Mustafa Amwi, man. This is this has been fascinating to me. The, the passionpreneur, the master of passion and not fashion. Maybe actually you are the master of passion and fashion. But <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you so much. I'm going to make sure I put all the links to your to your books and to everything that's affiliated with you in the show notes. But I mean, this has been a powerful episode, man. I thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being just honest and raw and uh, just to the point about certain things that we need to do. And I think it's something that we as a, as a race uh, need to start really believing in ourselves if we want to actually impact the next set of global leaders. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, Tayu. And to all the nomads out there, live passionately. There it is. Till next week, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 